Hello, and welcome to episode 26 of Science, Solutions, and Sprinkles with Sarah Jane. This is Sarah Jane, and today I'm going to be talking about blood sugar testing. Now, again, this is a podcast that I wrote up and did all the research on before I had Frankie. So before I had Frankie, I had a little bit higher blood glucose screen. So it actually came back 138. 140 is where they like to see it. I mean, below 140. So I was below, but they told me that I would need to be um, monitoring my blood sugar. Well, they really told me that I need to do a glucose tolerance test. So in this podcast, I'm going to explain um, when you should test your blood sugar, when I was testing, um, kind of what an abnormal looks like, how you'll feel, um, talk about some statistics, talk about some differences in the types of diabetes, and also kind of explain the difference between a glucose challenge screening test they do when you're pregnant versus a glucose tolerance test. So, Blood sugar testing 101, when to test blood sugar. The suggestions I found, and as a nutritionist, I would say, is to test your blood sugar before each meal, and then one to two hours after a meal. So before you're finding where your blood sugar is at before you eat, one to two hours after a meal, give your body time to release some insulin, store some sugar, and to see how it's going as far as blood sugar balance. Um, A lot of things can be told by testing before a meal and then one to two hours after a meal, or even then one and then two hours after a meal to see what your blood sugar is doing. Is it recovering like it should? Was the meal that you ate too high in the glycemic index? So did it have too much sugar? Is it affecting your blood sugar more? Now, some people don't consider a bedtime snack a meal. So I'm gonna say test your blood sugar before you have a bedtime snack. Um, If you are trying to monitor for blood sugar imbalance, look in the middle of the night as well. Another good time to test is before physical activity. Um, And during and after too, because physical activity using your muscles uses up sugar and it can make it your blood sugar drop. That yucky feeling you sometimes have when you work out could be because of low blood sugar. Um, A yucky feeling can actually also come when you have high blood sugar. So if if you think that it might be high or it might be low or you feel like it's falling, it's always a good time to check your blood sugar. Um, If you're sick or under stress, again, your body does different things with hormones, can cause sugar storage, can cause sugar release. Um, So checking it when you feel sick or when you are sick or if you are stressed out can be good also. A little anecdote about physical activity, um, testing during and after. When I was personal training, I actually had a client who had uh, recently been diagnosed with type 1 diabetes. So type 1, I'll get more into this, is the autoimmune. Typically, we see it as a youth onset. Um, and she was actually diagnosed at 39. So it was new for her, but it was a very insulin-dependent um, type of diabetes. So she would actually have to monitor as we were working out. Um, and it was really interesting to watch her blood sugar levels. And again, because I think... I'm my own human experiment. When I found out that I was 138, I decided I would start testing myself. And so I would test upon waking. So my fasting blood glucose in the morning to see what it was. Again, it was never over like 90. It was actually really low. Um, And then one to two hours after breakfast. And then whenever I didn't feel good. So for me, when I'm low, I'm really nauseous. And then being pregnant, um, low blood sugar, nausea, never fun. So 
My testing personally was upon waking one to two hours after my first meal um, and then whenever I didn't feel good. And, you know, I did it for a whole day. What do you mean by that? I did blood sugar testing on all those times. So before each meal, one to two hours after a meal, if I was going to have a bedtime snack, checking it in the middle of the night, checking it before I was going to go for a walk, um, checking it if I just didn't feel good. So I did that for a whole day to see where I was. Blood sugar was seen pretty balanced. Um, so pretty much stuck to until Frankie came out, um, that I was testing upon waking one to two hours after my first meal. So breakfast, um, and then whenever I didn't feel good. And typically when I didn't feel good, it was low. Um, now, keep in mind, I'm not diabetic. I was not diabetic when I was testing. I'm not hyper or hypoglycemic. I'm monitoring by choice. So this is not medical advice. Um, this is me monitoring by choice, prompted by that slightly high, the 138, um, when high is 140 on a glucose challenge test. So now, why did I have a glucose challenge test, a glucose challenge screening test. Now, this is a totally normal thing that they do during pregnancy. Um, they have you come in, you can eat breakfast, you don't have to be fasting or anything, but they have you drink glucose. They have you drink this really wonderful, it's not wonderful, I'm being sarcastic, um, drink that has about 50 grams of glucose. Well, exactly 50 grams of glucose. And then they check your blood sugar one hour from the time that you finish it. So you have five minutes to drink the drink. Um, I just pounded it. It took me, you know, 30 seconds or less. Um, they have you drink that drink and then they check your blood sugar. They want it to be 140 milligrams um, per deciliter or less. If it's higher, or in my case, it was close, they want you to do a glucose tolerance test. So during the glucose tolerance test, you have to fast for 14 hours. They come, you come into the lab, you take your baseline, so they take your blood sugar, your fasting blood sugar. They give you a little bit higher than in the challenge screening test. They give you 75 grams of glucose, and then they check you at one hour, at two hours, at three hours to see what your blood sugar is doing. Um, abnormal during a glucose tolerance test when you're fasting is um, 95 milligrams per deciliter or higher at one hour they want to see it below 180 milligrams per deciliter um, at two hours they want to see it less than 155 and then at three hours 140 or less so basically it's abnormal if it's 95 or higher when you're fasting one hour 180 two hours 155 three hours 140 um, obviously your doctor would go over all of this with you but I'm just giving you an idea so the glucose challenge screening test again you're not fasting the glucose tolerance test you are fasting and they're checking it more it takes a lot more time at the lab now, when I did this, I, you know, I was borderline, so I decided to just go buy a monitor and check myself. Um, a decent monitor, the strips are the most expensive part, um, but the cost of a monitor was about $40, and that included some strips, 25 strips and 25 lancets. Um, I also picked up some alcohol wipes, obviously, when you prick your fingers enough, you want to keep them clean. I totally sympathize with people who have to prick their fingers all the time because it was not a comfortable feeling. Um, my fingers were tips were sore from the time that I was doing it. But this is something that a lot of people have to deal with. A lot of people have to become experts at blood sugar testing. Um, so hopefully this little bit of information is helpful for you. Um, by the numbers, according to the CDC, 30.3 million Americans have diabetes. So that's one in 10 people are diabetic. Um, 84.1 million Americans um, have prediabetes, which would be about one in three Americans. So prediabetes is always a funny term to me because I think it's like saying pre-pregnant. Um, there are steps that you can do to prevent it. 
So you don't, just because you have prediabetes doesn't mean that you're going to get diabetes. It just means you're more likely. Um, But there's also things that you can do, like making sure your blood sugar is balanced to prevent um, at least certain types of diabetes. So again, saying pre-diabetic, you're pre-diabetic is like saying you're pre-pregnant. Um, there are things you can do to prevent it. So let's talk about the types of diabetes. So you have your type 1 diabetes, which is your autoimmune. Typically, again, we think of this as youth onset. Um, your pancreas no longer produces insulin. So your body an autoimmune reaction has actually attacked the beta islet cells of the pancreas and your body does not produce insulin. So type 1 diabetes requires insulin from the start. Your body doesn't make it and or maybe doesn't make enough of it um, and eventually will not make any of it. So you have to supplement, inject insulin um, in order to control blood sugar. In order, Insulin tells your body to store sugar So when you have blood sugar, you give yourself insulin and it helps you to store that sugar for later release. Now type 2 is the adult onset type of diabetes. Um, You develop insulin resistant cells. Um, A lot of times this can be from being overweight. You have more cells um, and they become insulin resistant so blood sugar stays high. Now again, type 2 diabetes can be controlled by diet and exercise. for the most part. So it doesn't always require insulin. It can get to a point where you require insulin, um, but you have more um, insulin resistant cells. And again, typically this comes with a lot of extra weight, which is why we actually do see some children with the adult onset type and you're seeing it younger and younger. Um, And that is because of a lot of times increased adipose tissue, little kids being fat um, and having uncontrolled blood sugar causing these problems. Now, the third kind I'm going to discuss is gestational. Um, This is the kind, gestational is the kind that's only during pregnancy, and it usually goes away right after birth. Um, It's when your body can't make enough insulin. It's usually a result of the weight gain causing insulin resistance. 50% of women, this is important to note, 50% of women with gestational diabetes develop type 2 diabetes. So having gestational diabetes basically makes you more likely to get type 2 diabetes. But again, type 2 can be controlled by diet and exercise. It can also be prevented by good diet and exercise. There is a hereditary factor to it, as in if your family has it, you're more likely to have it as well. Um, But again, managing your blood sugar um, can not only help with diabetes and your chances of getting it, but can also help with uh, maintaining weight or, you know, keeping the weight off when your body is burning sugar, it's burning sugar. When your body is burning fat, it's burning fat. So the less sugar you have, you can convert your body to burning fat. Um, keeping your blood sugar balanced means your body's not trying to store everything, means that your body ha- is going to burn fat. So keeping your blood sugar balanced is really important. Um, this podcast has mostly been about blood sugar testing and a lot of the things I talked about I could do a whole other podcast on. So if there's anything I said in this podcast that is super interesting to you, go ahead and send me a voice message through the app, through Anchor if you'd like, or you can go to my website and write a comment on this podcast. So it's sprinkles, S-S-S-P-R-I-N-K-L-E-S, so sprinkles with three S's at the beginning, dot com. Go to the blog, make a comment. Um, You can also support my Patreon and PayPal there. Again, this is Blood Sugar Testing 101. This is episode 26 of Science, Solutions, and Sprinkles with Sarah Jane. Thanks for listening.